I am not mum. I am not dad. You do it. And he, his face dropped. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, bugger, I've got to be dad again. Yes, wake up. You've got a daughter. <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Happy Black Friday, y'all. Gobble, 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 gobble. Hope you're getting that deal in the Academy. Hope you ain't at Walmart. (laughs) I know. So I'm curious, the guest that we have is from the UK, Mm -hmm. and I wonder if they have Black Friday, because Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, and they don't have Thanksgiving. Or if they do, it's not like the American Thanksgiving. I don't think they have Thanksgiving, but I think the Black Friday craze has trickled across the pond. Hmm. Interesting. So from my limited research. (laughs) From your limited research? From my limited research, meaning I Googled and read for 10 seconds. (laughs) Hey, that's everybody's research nowadays. Yeah. They do have Black Friday nowadays. You know how unintelligent we were before Google? I don't. The problem isn't. That we were unintelligent. The problem is we were limited in intelligence. Okay, that sounds better. But then again, think about how much wrong stuff that we fill our brains with. In in other words, we see all this misinformation and we take it as fact. Right. So how do we know if Google is telling us the truth or not? I guess we Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Google, are you lying? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's why you have to have multiple sources of information. But that's a whole different thing. Oh, that reminds me. I have to bring this up, y'all. It is another pet peeve I've discovered lately. When people post in Facebook and they share this missing child. Oh, my gosh. I know where you're going with this one. I click on the article and I read it. And it will be dated from 2007. And it will also say the child was found safe the next day. (laughs) Yeah. Or it'll be a a prank or whatever, a hoax. Yeah, like the prayer chain of that little boy. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but... I have to admit now, my dad is the world's worst about forwarding me crap that it is absolutely hoax. (laughs) And I'll send it back to him like, look, this is a hoax. They proved this was a hoax years ago. Stop sending me crap. (laughs) It doesn't stop him. It does not. He believes everything he reads on the internet. So before you share a missing child report or whatever they're called... Or UFO abduction report. Yeah. (laughs) Read the article. Check out the date. Make sure it doesn't say in the first sentence, they were found safe. Well, the problem is that's how we take in information these days. We we are headline readers, and that's it. And so we take whatever the headline is of whatever it is, and that's it. We're done. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people probably do that even with the podcast. Like, they read the title of the podcast, and then they make a determination of everything else that's going to happen over the next hour to two <laughs> based on that. That's it. Well, that's wrong because I just... Take it, and the title is whatever I think it should be. Mm-hmm. And just because it says a stepmom whose visitation changed from 50-50 to full-time, that doesn't mean that that's all we discussed. I know, but you can't really, you know, your title can't be. We discussed a bunch of things. <laughs> well, that's what it's going to be next time. We discussed a bunch of things. Yeah, but that's I mean, that's just the way we are. Our information intake, for number one, is because we have information overload. Yes. And because there's information overload, we simply hit the highlights. I mean, even when we read articles, we typically, if it said, you know, the five things to do to improve your step family, you don't read it. You just go look for what are the five things. 
right? You don't read all the details about it. Right. Sure. Just uh, show prime me the- Prime example, nacho kids. Oh, yeah. That means you just ignore the kids. No, it does not. Yeah. You take one little tiny thing out of context, and then that's what you run with. Yep. So, unfortunately, that's the way people uh, deal with information. Right. So, the reason I brought up Across the Pond is because our next guest is from the UK. Cool. Yeah. I shake my head when I say it. <laughs> I love her accent. Love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Love it. <laughs> I'm sure she loves yours, too. Yeah, I was over there for about three weeks, several, several years ago, and it was just great. It was great. They make, um, especially us Southern people, just sound like trashy rednecks <laughs> because their pronunciation is quite proper. Proper. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's because we were raised with uh, the Mary Poppins <laughs> Disney uh, thing, you know. It's like every time you saw... You know, the nice house with the children who were well-behaved and the nice car. Everything was just so perfect, right? And they always had the, the British accent. <laughs> Maybe that's where it comes from. Yep. Because the Beverly Hillbillies didn't have that same effect. <laughs> they sure didn't. <laughs> so our next guest has been blending for four years, has no bio kids, and she has a stepdaughter that is autistic. OCD, and has hypermobility. Goodness. That's a lot to deal with. Yes. So it was great talking to her. I'm glad that she shared her story. Mm -hmm. And I found out after the fact, this isn't her first blend. And I don't think we discussed that in this interview. So she's probably going to come back again. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us why you did it again. And it's not just because I love her accent. (laughs) Be honest with me. Have you called her after this interview and talked to her? I can't tell you. (laughs) <laughs> be like just talk to me <laughs> hey, See, we need- I, when I do that to women you get mad <laughs> <laughs> we need to get one of my Australian buddies on here there you go I'll work on that yep alright so let's hear what Rihanna Rihanna is that a UK name it is if it wants to be <laughs> I know that Lori in the UK is what they call tractor trailer trucks that's fitting oh not, my gosh not fitting man I, I dug my hole in that one yeah you did <laughs> So y'all listen to this while I go beat David up. <laughs> well, before he beat me up, let's talk about the Academy because this is Black Friday weekend. Oh, yeah. And we have a Black Friday deal. Yes, we do. Only from Friday to Monday. Yes. So notyourkidsacademy.com. If you're interested in getting 50% off of the first month to get into the Academy, you have access to everything during that period. And if you um, if you continue on, then the Black Friday deal only applies to the first month, but you get to access everything. That, and I think right now we have almost 20 hours of video training courses. Yes. Yep. So 20 hours of video training courses. We do add a new course every month. We have the Not Your Kids uh, Academy community, which is a forum. And we have two coaching calls a month. No. Well, every other week. So we have a coaching call every other week. So some months is three. Yes. <laughs> And we also have challenges. Yep. Do challenges. How often do we do this? About quarterly? Quarterly. Yep. So just, it's a ton. It is a ton of information and help to help your sanity and your relationship. That's right. So here's how you get the deal. So you got to go to notyourkidsacademy.com and then go through the buying process of the monthly deal. And then uh, in the shopping cart, there's a place where you can put a code. 
And the coupon code is going to be BF, as in Black Friday, 2019. So BF2019 will get you the, the discount. If you have any questions about any of that, then shoot us a message. But you better do it before Cyber Monday because it goes away. Yes. Midnight Cyber Monday. Actually, 11.59 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> it goes away. And don't forget, you can suggest this as a gift, an early Christmas gift. Tell mm-hmm. your significant other, look, buy me this for Christmas. Give it to me a month early. That way we'll have a good Christmas together. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So get it now. Let's hear a little bit about the Academy and then we'll get into the interview. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship. And it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have Rihanna as a guest on the Nacho Kids podcast. How are you doing today, Rihanna? I'm very well, thank you, Laurie. Nice to meet you. Hello to everybody listening. Nice to meet you. And you are our first guest from the UK. Woo! <laughs> nice to meet everyone in America. <laughs> yep, the across the pond guest. Yes, very <laughs> so, excited. So I'm wondering how long we're going to go through this podcast before you know we start sounding like that or, or you start bringing in your British accent. <laughs> <laughs> me bringing in my yeah. British accent. Yeah. You know how you talk to somebody after a while, you start kind of picking up some of their uh, accents and you're using them. So I wonder if we'll make it through this one without you doing that. <laughs> Maybe we can go eat a scone. Uh, see, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was in um, England, one thing I found interesting was the potato jackets. Mm-hmm. Was that interesting? <laughs> we don't have stuff like that here. Basically, would, yeah, basically your potato would have sour cream, butter, and cheese, and maybe bacon. But uh, over, yeah, over there, you had everything from tuna to sweet corn to beans. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anything. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And they call yeah. it a jacket? A potato jacket. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I was thinking more like aluminum foil wrapped around it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I asked the lady when I was visiting, I said, so what happened? Did people just drop stuff in their potato and then go, oh, this tastes pretty good? <laughs> I think pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've started adding stuff to my potato, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to start a new <laughs> trend in the U.S. Lori's potato jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. You might start a business. Yes, you never know. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your blend. How many stepkids you have, any bio kids, any hours kids, and how long you've been blending? Uh, so I have one stepkid. Uh, she ha- she's seven years old. She has autism uh, and many other complicated things going on in her life, bless her heart. She has a diagnosis of eating disorder. Um, she has a diagnosis of OCD um, and a diagnosis of hypermobility. Um, so... She's had a very complicated lifestyle from beginning to end. I've been in her life now for four years. Um, We were together a year and then we got married. I have no bio kids yet. Yet. Yeah, yet. (laughs) (laughs) We're thinking about beginning a family, but it's very, very complex with everything that's going on in her own life. I don't want to complicate it too much. We kind of want to settle her down as much as possible. 
before we're thinking about complicating things further. So that's our story. And how often do you have her? So we have her every other weekend and every other Tuesday that links in with that weekend. We also have her on the uh, school holidays. So if it's only a week, then we might have her four days. And if it's during the main summer holidays, then we have her at the beginning of the summer holidays during August and at the end of the summer holidays during August. We also have her during Christmas. So we'll have her so on Christmas Day one year and then the following year we'll have her during New Year's. And then he has her on his birthday and he'll have her for two hours on her birthday. It's a very long and drawn out court order that took a very long time <laughs> and cost a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's one thing we have in common here in the United States is the yeah. court system is expensive. Yeah, definitely. But it's really good that you have such a well-defined visitation. So there's no gray areas. Very good. Um, she she cost a lot of money, but she certainly did a good job in making sure that every little nook and cranny was covered, that there was no, there was absolutely no room for movement because unfortunately birth mother is very um, highly strung in the way that if she can use some form of movement, she will. <laughs> so there could not be any any day for movement or any hours or anything. Everything had to be literally planned down to the absolute minimum because if if it wasn't, she was going to make life awkward as she did before. So yeah, it had to be planned. So so there you go. The high conflict bio mom is not just an American thing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not shocked. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it is kind of amazing, though. We, I mean, we've learned this, that no matter where you are in the world, literally, that a lot of these problems are absolutely identical. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's, yeah she's a very complex lady, definitely. And uh, I think looking through the group and seeing all the um, different discussions, I don't think anybody's problems are, are very different, really everyone sort of suffers with the same issues and everyone sort of agrees that we're all fighting the same battles, really. So, Yeah. I do think it's important when you do go to court, especially for the first time, to try to get everything nailed down to where you yeah. don't have to go back to court later and add things or take away things. Yeah, definitely. So the first time we went, um, the buyer mother asked um, for it to be uh, – a scheduled sort of drop down visit so that things were going to be added so that the visits were going to be supervised to begin with and things like that and then the solicitor stopped her in her tracks and said to her that's fine but we will be back in three months time and we'll be getting down the middle near enough 50 50 and she said to us well I won't be back in three months time because I can't afford it and the solicitor said well best you sort your stuff out now because otherwise you will be back in three months time. So that's the reason we got the visitation that we did. So it's quite lucky, really. <laughs> yes, because that could have cost you another fortune. That's it. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah. They don't have fortunes. It cost a bomb. Yeah. No. yeah they <laughs> cost too much money. And yeah. I don't know if you go through mediation out there, but we have to do mediation first. You're not allowed to just go to court. You have to go through all that first before you can settle in court. Uh, we have mediation. It's not necessarily a requirement. Oh. Yeah, so here it's an absolute must. You must go to mediation 
and attempt that before, which also costs a lot of money. And then if, if even if you know it's absolutely not going to work, you still have to do that before you go to the court to request visitation. I have heard that it's um, become more prevalent here where they do want you to go to mediation. I, like you said, though, I don't know that it really solves a lot of the problems. Maybe 75% still end up having to go to the court system to get it resolved. But I know that if you do go to court here, a judge, um, he's going to make it where nobody wins exactly what they want. No, that's it. It was. It's kind of, with us, it, it did work in our favour a lot because for two years we had no access. So the, it was literally completely stopped. Um, social workers got involved in everything. The mum had said this, this and this had happened and none of it had is, existed. And it wasn't until it got to the court date, they unravelled all the lies that the mum had said. And they said, look, you've got absolutely no proof of any of this that you've said. We've looked down all these routes that you've said, this and this and this has happened, but you haven't actually spoken to any of these services. But you said you said to them that you have, but but you haven't. <laughs> so it did it didn't work in our favor in the end. Well, I'm glad. It shouldn't work in your favor if you're lying. <laughs> no. No, it shouldn't. But unfortunately for some mothers, it has done in the past. Or unfortunately for I mean, unfortunately for the fathers, it has worked in the favor for the mum that has lied. So, yes. Right. Would you say that that is your biggest challenge is the uh, biological mom? Or I know you mentioned that the kid has a lot of challenges uh, in and of herself. So which which of those is the biggest challenge for for you and your family? It's a bit of both, really. She she doesn't really get up my uh, get up my nose really that much, to be honest. She doesn't really bother me. I work with people of a similar nature, to be honest. So she doesn't really bother me. But what bothers me is the fact that the child is really affected by her back. So that, that's what bothers me, is I can see the child being heavily affected. And it doesn't really bother me as a, as a step-parent. It just upsets me that I can't change what she's doing and it's continuing to happen. And I can see it getting worse. So that's, that's what upsets me, really. Is, is her behaviour around us. And there's, it's not just around us, it's around other people at school, things like that, you know, around other children, you know. So it's it's affecting her daily life and her ability to socialise, her ability to interact with other people is affected by the way her mum is dealing with her as a parent, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Did stepdaughter always have these issues or do you think some of them are related to her not being around her dad for two years? Uh, I think it was, yeah, I think it was probably a bit of both. So when she was younger, she did used to kick out. Um, so it was more like physical aggression when she was younger, whereas now it's more sort of verbal. Um, sort of she say things that, she, that are not very pleasant and she's got sort of like a mean scowl on her face. And it like she'll hit out at a mother quite violently, but mm. she won't hit out at us. And she'll hit out at children at school. She'll hit out at teachers. She's quite violent, but she these sort of behaviours have got worse and increased since the two years that we haven't been in her life. So yeah, it's it's sad. And she got the diagnosis whilst we weren't in her life. She got the diagnosis of eating disorder when we weren't in her life, but we started to notice strange unusual signs with their eating patterns Mm -hmm. when we were in our life before so yeah we started to notice 
small things before. So I take it she goes to counselling? Yeah, so she goes to play therapy, um, which will be um, more intense. She's just going to a new school this year, which is a specialist school for her, for the autism, um, which they will intense, they will give her more intense therapy, which will be more specific around the types of disorders that she's been diagnosed with. So, but yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it's a difficult one because her diagnosis of autism is very much, what's the word? Hmm. Uh, you, you can kind of argue with it because there are other diagnoses that are that would fit her more suitably, such as an attachment disorder. Right. And you said she's got ODD too? Yeah. So she's, yeah. So she's also diagnosed with the oppositional defiant disorder, which also meets a lot of those sort of behavior types and the, the aggressive behavior and the sort of snarly looks at people that she'll give. And you look at her and you think you're a seven-year-old child and some of the, the things that she says, it's almost like you think you wouldn't really say that at seven years old. You, It's like it's being sort of put into her mind. She doesn't really understand the influence of what she's saying. She just says it for the sake of it sometimes. It's, it's very unusual. She's She's very she's very confused bless her so i'm sure that a lot of that is probably coming from bio mom yeah see mum had a very sort of torment tormented childhood as well so unfortunately for mum to to be able to say like um oh i've been raised very well and i use my my own um motherhood from my own background and this is how i raise my child she can't really say that because sort of went through horrific abuse and things like that throughout her life which I won't share too much because that's her own background right but that that sort of background I suppose influences how she parents so Mm -hmm. she she can only sort of try her best but her best unfortunately is quite worrying for her own daughter because it's caused some very disturbing behaviors well I'm sure you're aware of guilty parent syndrome Mm, yeah definitely yeah and with mom having the traumatic childhood she had, I'm sure that impacts how she parents or doesn't parent this child a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I suppose a lot of what she doesn't do is she will not discipline at all. There is no sign of discipline and she'll use her autism to not discipline. So if, say for example, um, my stepdaughter has gone to school and she's hurt another child and her mother has come up to her and said, my, my daughter has been attacked by your child. She will straight away in defence say, oh, well, she's autistic. So it's not her fault. Rather than mm. saying, I'm really sorry, I'll have a chat with her um, and we'll, we'll figure something out about this. She'll just instantly turn to the autism. Yeah, it becomes a crutch or an or an excuse for behavior. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and every time it it's it's the same with us. Oh well, you can't sort of discipline her. You can't give her a structure um, towards her behavior because she's autistic. No, you can. You do need to give her direction so mm-hmm. that she realizes that her ba- behavior is not acceptable, whether she's autistic or not she is going to grow up and she's going to realize that this behavior is not acceptable. 
Right. It's it's almost like people give up on those types of people who have types of diagnoses. Because when you say, um, well, you know, she behaves this way because of X, then you're basically just saying, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to try to correct it. I'm not going to try to make her a better person. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to give up and lean on this diagnosis as being something that she can't um, deal with. And, and so you're not doing anything that's in the benefit of the person who has that diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've tried to reinforce in our mind all the time, my stepdaughter, I was trying to say to her, just because you're autistic, it doesn't mean that you're not capable. It just means that you are different. You think differently. So that just means that you have to adapt. You adapt differently to other people around you. It may mean that you take a little bit more time. You have to think about things a little bit longer, but that's okay. That's fine. And it just might mean that you might need to say to somebody, just give me a couple of minutes to think about this or give me a couple of minutes to take some space. That's all right. That's fine. But it doesn't mean that it's okay for you to say, all right, I'm going to lash out at you now because you've actually really wound me up. Because that's not okay either. Right. right. And for autistic children, isn't the structure and kind of routine, isn't that what's best for them? Yeah, it's important. It's important to let them know sort of like what's happening, um, what's going on, you know, so let them know what, what's happening in their day. So say we're going to the park for the day. We're going to go to the park roughly around one o'clock. The only reason we might not go at one o'clock is... Uh, give them a basic reason as to why we might not go something might happen I don't know like a bad event that might be the only reason why we might not go but otherwise we will go at one o'clock so to give that structure and a picture if possible then you know that gives them some sort of idea and prevention of anxieties that they're worrying about what might possibly go wrong well that's what I want Want somebody tell me what's going on during the day? (laughs) Do you now? You have a a background in in mental health. Is that correct? Yeah. So I've just qualified literally a few days ago in in, uh, mental health nursing. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure that's helpful in in being able to deal with this, but maybe also uh, it may be a little challenging because I think you're able to see things. Uh, differently because you have that background and, and like you said earlier I don't I don't know that you agree with some of her diagnoses so how does that play out in in how you're dealing with her situation yeah it's a uh, it's a difficult one because my husband comes from um, uh, a learning disability background himself and he used to work with adults so I've worked with children adults all, all sorts of age groups all different backgrounds and the way you see somebody as a child is completely different how you'd see somebody as an older adult with a diagnosis. So, and that's what I've said to my husband, you know, like you see somebody with autism as an adult, they've learned to grow up with that diagnosis and adapt to it. Somebody with a child hasn't learned that skill yet of how they're going to adapt to life and how they're going to deal with their diagnosis. They're still learning their skills from mum and dad of how I'm going to adapt to this situation because mum and dad tells me how to do it. So unfortunately, she's still at this stage where mum's told me I've got autism. Mum told me this, mum told me that. So rather than sort of saying to herself, 
where I don't really need to worry about the fact that I have autism. I just get on with life and deal with it as it comes. It's very much, I'm going to use my autism like mum does. Whereas we're very much different because we both have backgrounds of mental health in some way. We're very much, no, you just deal with life as it comes. And if there's a barrier, we'll cross it when it comes. So we, we work very differently. Yeah, it's it's obviously not good for the stepdaughter, for mom to keep saying, well, she has autism or she's autistic, because that becomes the child's focus when she hears it so much. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very much ingrained into her that, oh, I've got a problem. That That's why I can't do this or why I can behave like this. So, you know, you'll go out in somewhere um, in a public place and she will behave a certain way and she will then direct the, the comment, oh, I've got autism. That's not a reason for you to behave like that. It never will be. Whereas mum will say, oh, all right then, you know, it's okay for you to behave like that. Not at all. It will never be an acceptable excuse in our eyes because we work with people of, of all different backgrounds that technically in some way should have an excuse. They have some very extreme illnesses, but they don't use it an excuse because they don't want to have that stigma. I've got a mental illness or I've got a disorder of some form. I just want to move on with my life and be accepted for who I am. And that's what I want her to accept is that actually she is who she is, no matter what diagnosis she has. Yeah, I I see a lot on Facebook groups that People will have children that are born with disabilities. For instance, they may have um, not have an arm. And the parents do not let that become a crutch for that child. They raise them as if they are 100% normal. They don't have a disability. And the children thrive in that environment. Whereas if the parents would have been like, oh, no, little Johnny can't play t-ball because he only has one arm, then in that kid's mind, they think, yes, I'm different, but I can't even try certain things because of my disability. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's um, a particular man that I'm thinking of. He is an absolute inspiration. I've followed him quite a lot of my life. Um, and he wrote books and things like that. You might have known him as the man with no arms and no legs. He's got a chicken foot. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Nick, uh, um, it's Nick something. Yeah, it begins with a V. I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, me either. That's why I'm like, <laughs> I don't know his last name. But yeah, I recently heard of him and I was watching him give speeches at schools. And it was funny because he makes the best out of everything. He was telling the kid, okay, I'm going to throw you this uh, tennis ball with my chicken foot. And he would tell the kid, go back further, go back further. And the kid kept going back further. And the guy's like, whoa, dude, come back. You know, I don't have any arms. (laughs) He is amazing. And he scuba dives. And I mean, he does things that even people with two arms and two legs and completely healthy don't take the time to do. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible. He's an inspiration to anyone. Anyone with a battle of, of any kind, he is an absolute inspiration. The man has overcome every kind of battle. He's had a child, he's got married, and he's got no fear of anything. Yes, (laughs) he has no fear, and he has the best sense of humor. 
Yeah, he does. He's amazing. And he's made many people in schools, in conferences, you name it, cry. He's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to show my stepdaughter that one day and be like, look, so you compare yourself. This is how she compares herself. So she will look at somebody that is in a wheelchair that cannot physically move out of that wheelchair. And she will say, mommy tells me that I'm as bad as this child. Oh, wow. And she will say, I can't do anything in my life because I'm as bad as, as this child. And I try and say to her, no, <laughs> no way. You are going to go on in life. You may well even get yourself a degree. If you try hard enough, you can do whatever you like. You know, you don't need to compare yourself to someone that, you know, even in a wheelchair, you know, that has lots of different disabilities, even has the ability to do more than what people think that they have the ability to. Everybody has the ability to amaze people around them, you know, and she just she just can't see past that because her mum has drummed it into her. No, you've got autism and that's that. You don't have the ability to go any further than your diagnosis. I am so shocked. It, yeah. it makes me sad yeah. that she's telling her daughter that, but it makes me mad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And may, maybe Bio Mom hasn't overcome her own past to where she feels like that she's trapped because of the things she went through. And that's why she's telling her daughter this, but you never tell anybody that they're limited. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I wish that. To be honest, because like, I have a diagnosis of dyslexia, when I was younger, I was told, you can't do this, you can't do that. And every now and then there was that one person that would say, why not? Why can't you do that? You're perfectly capable. Get on with it. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. And it was those people that pushed me to do my degree and to go further. And I want her to hear that over and over again. No, you can do it. You will do it if you want to. There's nobody that's going to stop you. And unfortunately, I think maybe her mother heard too much of the, no, you can't do it. You're not capable. You're this, you're that. She heard too much of the negativity and that's inbuilt in her brain. And unfortunately, she's passed that down to her daughter now. Yeah. And it's proven that we have negative thoughts constantly ourselves, you know, self-doubt, fear, all of that stuff. We surely, the goodness, don't need somebody that's a parent, much less telling us that we can't do these things and feeding that negativity to us. Oh, absolutely not. The parent should be the person that says, you know, above anybody else, the parent should be saying, you can do anything you want, even if they're in the back of their mind thinking, oh, good grief, my daughter sings like an alien. But they're telling them, actually, no, you're going to go on X Factor. You're going to win. You're going to win. <laughs> you, you need to be that person to push them, even if you truly believe they can't do it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny you said that because I cannot sing. And <laughs> I have. It's true. It is. I, I don't. It's, it's OK. It's I'm, I'm don't even try. I have fun not trying. And um, it's just not something that God gifted me with. And the last couple of podcasts, they haven't even been released yet. But for some reason, I've broken out singing stuff. Not really singing, but just saying the words in a silly way. And uh, Dave is like, okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do do wonder if people use things like that, though, as a way to kind of not parent. Because if I can can point to 
a diagnosis that my child has and then say, well, I can't do anything about that as a parent because of this. And it, and it gives me uh, a way just to not uh, get into parenting or it, it, it makes me think that, uh, and I'm speaking hypothetically, uh, it would make me think something like, okay, if they have ODD or ADHD or, or any of these other acronyms you want to throw in there, then I, as a parent, have to work a lot harder to try to overcome those. And it, unless you're a parent that is driven to do that, then you're going to be lazy and you're going to ignore it and you're just going to let it get worse. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I get that. You know, like so she she as a mother was diagnosed with postnatal when she was pregnant anyway. So I suppose from the very beginning, she'd already had that attitude, like, I can't cope, I can't do it. You know, I'm unwell. I can't possibly sort of overcome this. So I suppose I can kind of get that in some way that she may have sort of, uh, well, I need some sort of excuse for herself to be able to say, do you know what, if I can't do this, then I need an excuse to be able to say why I can't do it. So I'm going to give my daughter an, a, a diagnosis to say why I can't do it. So I, I kind of get that. But in for me, in my sort of position, I'm completely different. All life doing the job that I do, it's completely different. I'd, I'd work every day at, at trying to make someone better, trying to make someone achieve their goals, making them independent, push them as much as I could to make them a better person and to see a future for them so I couldn't see myself doing anything different with my own stepdaughter or with my own children I'd only push them to be better yeah I mean that's kind of our job as a parent yeah definitely we we always want our kids to have a better life than we had yeah yeah now I'm not saying my mom was the most positive person um, in the world but I don't recall her she may not have said you can do anything or that you want to or things like that like she may not have encouraged me but she didn't necessarily say well you can't do that because you're a girl or you can't do that because um you're not smart enough or anything like that I don't recall anything like that my dad was very much um he my dad was an alcoholic um so he was completely like oh, well, whatever you do, I don't really care. To be honest, he was very much a selfish man. Whereas my mum was a mental health nurse and she's only just retired. So, But my mum was actually quite harsh, really. She was very much a, if you fell over and hurt yourself, it was get up, get over it, you know. But being that kind of person makes you push yourself further because you realise you develop a sense of independence to be hard on yourself and be more independently rather than relying on others and for you she was so pushy and so you will get over it you will be fine go on push yourself be harder and I'm so more independent than probably my other sibling so it's interesting her sort of style of parenting compared to my dad's Mm -hmm. it sort of made me very much the person I am today Whereas I think out of all my family, I think they thought that I was going to be the one that was like, oh, yeah, well, she's a bit dim, isn't she? She's not going to go very far, bless her. But hopefully she gets something. <laughs> so I did a, bit, did a bit of hairdressing, did a bit of beauty, 
passed both of those and then they said oh well maybe she'll do something else and I did I did some health and social care studies and they said oh well that's nice she's got something else she's doing something with her life and then I went off and did my degree and they went oh she might pass and then yeah three years later there you go she did (laughs) (laughs) there you go We don't need other people trying to bring us down or hold us back. We need people to empower us and say, oh, yeah, that's great that you passed that. You know, I would hope your family is celebrating. Oh, now they're absolutely ecstatic. They're like, bloody hell, she did it. Christ, all right. So, yeah, they're completely on top of the moon now. <laughs> well, you didn't have to worry about disappointing anybody. They didn't have any expectations for you. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I guess so. (laughs) One of the things that we talk about um, with step families is lowering your expectations. Because, you know, as stepmoms, a lot of us go in, or even as the bio dads, everybody thinks that they can make this a nuclear family. Mm -hmm. And and you can't. It's just, it's like trying to turn an apple into an orange. And so we've learned that, it's best to not have those expectations and kind of just go in, not blindly, but go in and let things form naturally. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the most um, wise words I've ever heard because my husband sort of hoped for this magical, wonderful relationship to develop myself and his daughter that unfortunately, due to what's happened between mum and and his, and himself it's just that's just not happened and she's just the the bio mum has poisoned so much not just towards myself but towards his own mum and towards his other family the relationships between his daughter and the rest of the family and myself are very very difficult for her to comprehend these are your family and she just doesn't get it she thinks that the only person in her life should be in her life is a mum and that's it. She, she really doesn't get it that there should be other people that all love her, that all enjoy spending time with her and she doesn't get it at all. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah, it is. It's very sad and you have to keep telling her all the time, we do love you, we do love spending time with you. But it's, it's like she just switches off like, well, mum tells me different. So. Well, she only has, what, three days? out of 14 that she's getting positive reinforcements from you and your husband. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not enough, unfortunately. So as soon as she goes back, it's like the reset button is pressed and back goes the negativity. I'm really hoping that this new school will help her with that. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that a lot of the, the previous school and the the behaviors and things that, because there was a lot of bullying and things. um, There was lots of sort of, bad things that happened she'd self-harmed while she was there as well so it got quite to a a serious extent she was threatening suicide but she didn't really quite get what that meant when I said to her do you understand what it means to 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 commit suicide she looked at me and she said no not really and I said well you might want to think carefully about what you're saying I said because that's a very serious thing to say And I said, and I work with people like that. And she looked at me and she went, okay. She said, I won't say it again. I said, no, please don't, because it's very upsetting. And she hasn't actually said it since. 
So that was one good thing, I suppose. I've had an influence on her life. So yeah, because she she's young. I mean, that's sad when a kid that age threatens something like that. But like you said, she doesn't really know what it means. No, she doesn't. I think I'm pretty sure that those sort of comments, the the self harm, again when she did it, she sort of looked at it and she looked at me and she said, "Oh, look what I've done." And I said, "That's really sad that you felt that you needed to do that to yourself." And she said, "Oh, well, it didn't hurt." And I said, "Well, what would the, be the reason behind you did it then?" And she said, "Oh, well, I just did it because I was bored." And I said, "Did you, or did you do it for another reason?" And she said, "Well, I was put outside the classroom on my own." I said, "So maybe you did it for another reason?" She said, "Well, I was irritated." I said, "With the teacher?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "So maybe it was more because." actually you were angry at the situation she said yeah so the the fact that she'd sort of maybe observed somebody else doing that and copied those behaviors is quite worrying really yeah but, where is she learning that yeah it's very worrying uh, i don't know you can only speculate where she might be learning it from yes i can speculate yeah it's <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> You, you know, um, our group is the Nacho Kids, and so basically for about a year, I didn't have much interaction with my stepkids because we had bad blood mm-hmm. between us, and then I was able to build a relationship with them after I disengaged for about a year and learned a lot about me and how my reactions to things were causing issues in the blend, and um, we had to kind of regroup and start over. In your situation, you're very involved in her life. Is that correct? Yeah. So it started off, I I was kind of the similar thing. So I kind of went in head first and I was like, um, I'm going to full on mummy you. You know, I'm going to buy all your clothes. I'm going to pay for your court order. I'm going to go in head first and then realized what I'd actually done. Um, And sort of when she come in full, full power into our lives, come in with the court order. She was there every other weekend and I was getting her clothes. Husband was not doing any of the parenting. I was doing the whole lot, all of the discipline, all of the parenting, getting her up in the morning. He was not getting up. He was staying in bed till 10 o'clock in the morning. I was getting up at half five every morning and then going to work. And she would cause me issue during breakfast time, throwing her food around the room. And I just went, you know what? I've had enough. I can't be dealing with this every day. I've got my degree. I've got my work this is your daughter, get on with it. And I just left and went, (laughs) I can't be doing with this anymore. And I come back that evening and he said, where did you go? I went, I went out. He went, where? I went, for a walk. (laughs) And Mm. I just left. I must have been gone for about four hours. I just had enough and just left. I just couldn't cope with it anymore. And that's when I found the Nacho group and I just looked for something different. Somebody had been commenting on another step-parent group that I'd been on. And somebody just put go nacho on her, you know. (laughs) 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 But but it helped, right? Yeah. It helped by you stepping back. He had to step up. I'm doing the discipline. I told him exactly what I was going to do. So I'm going to be completely upfront with you. I'm no longer buying clothes. I'm no longer disciplining her. Whenever she wants something, you go and get it. Whenever she wants telly on, you get it. Whenever she wants to get up in the morning, you get up. I am not doing anything anymore. She wants her hair brushed, you brush it. She wants her hair knit combing, you knit comb it. 
I am not doing it. <laughs> I am not mum. I am not dad. You do it. And he, his face dropped. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, bugger, I've got to be dad again. Yes, wake up. You've got a daughter. <laughs> so right. since then, we've sort of slowly molded back. She occasionally, she'll still ask me for things. And I'll just look at her and go, you know what my answer is. And she'll look to the floor and say, ask dad. I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So she knows now. Those are two of the best words or three. If you say go ask dad. Yep. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you bring up an interesting point that we hear about a lot, which is, you know, I've got this sorry man who won't parent his kids. Uh, But oftentimes it's, really because that's the situation that that the person set up for themselves because the the female comes into the uh, comes into the equation and then she wants to she wants to take over and she wants to do all these great things and and really meaning well but when that happens a lot of times you start seeing the other parent which typically is the man they start yeah. kind of they start pulling back from those responsibilities because they're getting taken care of and next thing you know, you've kind of created this problem where you have the actual bio parent not doing the parenting. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, probably more women than men, they, they do it themselves. They cause a rod for their own back and don't realize that they're doing it. Um, they just, as you say, they take over and go, do you know what? I probably more with little girls, like stepchildren, little girls than boys. I don't know. But. In my experience with her, it was like, oh, well, I know how to buy you clothes better than your dad because he knows nothing. (laughs) And, you know, clearly I know what things you're going to like because I'm a female. You know, your dad knows nothing. And (laughs) it would be my sort of response to everything. And in the end, I went, you know what? Your dad actually needs to know what you like. So he's going to learn. (laughs) I don't need to keep doing this. Well, and David makes it sound like, you know, we all come in and turn into a tyrant, but it's, no, it's not that I think you come in and you kind of want to, I mean, you want to do the best you can do. The problem is that you you're taking over somebody else's responsibilities and they're allowing that to happen. And then it goes too far in the wrong direction. Right. No, I will agree with that. Well yeah. then, okay, we can move on. Well, we, we, <laughs> we come in and we're like, you know, I can help this kid get better grades. I can, help them, you know, hygiene-wise by making sure they brush their teeth. I can help them eat healthier by cooking better meals than their dad was cooking. You know, I can make just things better because I am awesome. I'm going to be the best stepmom in the world. I'm going to knock this out. And then a year into it, you're like, wait a minute. Why am I taking all the crap for raising this kid and dad's sitting there playing whatever stupid video game? (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leave my yeah. video games alone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, do you not hear your kid in there tearing up the living room? And like, oh, I can't hear anything. I got these headphones on. <laughs> no, you know, somebody I've never done that. Somebody <laughs> mentioned the 30 second delay. That really, really made me laugh. thought that is so true. The women hear it first. 30 seconds to three minutes later, dad hear it. Oh, that's it. I'm going to respond. <laughs> yeah, but I will say oftentimes. No, 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 David. No, no. There's no need. We, I will we, say, we no. have. Wait, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. no. 
No, we're going to argue right here on this podcast. We are going to because it has been determined that men have a 30-second delay. Just I don't because, care what you're asking them. You just can say, because you what determined do you want? It, just because you determined it doesn't make it anything. I'm going to do a poll. I'm going to prove to you. Okay. So well, my point is, oftentimes, men will allow things to go on a little bit longer to see if they will work themselves out. Nah. If, because if you get, especially if you have kids arguing, and, and I honestly think this is a good thing because if kid, two kids are arguing, um, the the female a lot of times jumps in within three seconds, the the male jumps in in thirty seconds. My point of view is that if you let them argue for a little bit, it allows them to start learning how to deal with conflict, learning how to deal with another human being in that social setting, learning coping skills, all these things that come from that interaction, the parent typically jumps in because they want to, they, they want the arguing to stop, but there is value in allowing that argument to continue for a little bit to allow these kids to learn how to cope with that. Whatever you need to tell yourself to make yourself feel better for your 30 second delay, David. Okay. Well, that made (laughs) me feel good. So keep going. (laughs) Now you, wait a minute. You have to admit, David, there have been times where the kids have said something, and I'm like, did you hear them? And you're like, no. And I mean, like, yes. it's something bad. And I'm like, how did you not hear that? Yeah, see, that would be something that I hear. So it would be something that she says, and it's usually to an adult. It's not actually to another child. So it would be something like, she'll say thank you very much at the end of certain sentences. This really, really grinds my gears, and it would be one of the things that I have to really bite my tongue to not say, what did you just say? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's just one of those step parenting things where you you're looking for the bad in your stepkids. That's why you heard it before me, Lori. Oh, it does. It really, really grinds on me. Yeah, it definitely grinds. But I, I have learned to sort of no, don't, don't do it, don't say it. <laughs> but she she will do it. She will say, um, I don't know. For example, she will ask for something, and then at the end of the sentence, it's like a cheeky sort of yes. Thank you very much. And I'm like, no, you didn't just bop your head at me. You're going to take that back before I blow my load. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that gets me every time. (laughs) Yes. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the blog I wrote about the empty cereal box. No, I don't think I missed that. I think I missed that one. I could have had the best day. I mean, I'm talking like award-winning, Lori, best day of my life. And I come in and just say, I go in the pantry to look for something and I see an empty cereal box. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was like somebody would stick a firecracker up my butt because it would just make me so mad. (laughs) Just like the exorcist with my head spinning and I could just feel the little <laughs> anger building up and I just wanted to scream and tear everything apart in the pantry. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's my trigger. And that's yeah. when I would say, did you take your medicine today, honey? <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't need medicine if it wasn't for your kids, honey. Well, Thank you very much. Just, <laughs> just to make a point, my kids aren't here anymore and you still take medicine <laughs> because your son by himself <laughs> It's worse than all four of mine. (laughs) Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's all I got to say. Better life through pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Hey, you know, turmeric helps with joint pain. (laughs) It does indeed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> so your husband didn't get mad when you decided to um, step back? At first, I think he felt a bit, um, he said a couple of things to me about, oh, you're rejecting my child, this, that, and the other. And I said to him, look, before I'm going to say anything more to you about what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, I said, how about you look up the term Nacho, what it means and why I'm doing it? And he did. And since then, he's been like, all right, okay, I accept what you're doing. And he hasn't said anything more about it. So that's quite interesting that since he's looked it up and read about it, he's now understood it. Whereas before he was like, no, you're just on a silly Facebook group and you're just <laughs> listening to loads of women like moaning about other children. Yeah, they all think the same thing. I said, no, it's not about that at all. So where did you point him to? Because we, we get that question a lot and, and we do put out a, a quite a bit of content about that. But we often hear other women say, how do I tell my significant other or where do I send him to get information? So what, where did you send him and what did he read? So I literally, all I did was typed into Google, Google Nacho, and then it come up with the Nacho group, your guys group, and then it come up on the website, uh, Nacho Kids. And then on there, there was a little bit of information about it. And that's where I showed him and said, just read that little bit there, that little snippet. And it tells you all of, all in there what you need to know. And that's what he read. So that yeah. that is awesome. And I'm glad that he took the time to read that and was open to it. So it was easier for you to make that adjustment. Yeah, yeah. He's been, as I said, he's been better. Because some, I think some um, stepmoms prefer not to say anything and just see how it goes. But I think if you don't communicate what you're doing, it just seems a bit odd that all of a sudden you've just stopped doing everything and just backed off. And it looks just a bit blunt. So I thought I'd just tell him what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and see what it's like. I can understand why some stepmoms don't tell their significant other because they're afraid that he'll kick into, well, you don't love my kids. I'm not going to stay married to you if you're not going to help me raise them and, you know, all that stuff. When in reality, it's where the not showing thing, you just step back from the parenting and the things that cause you stress with the stepkids and let the parent be the parent. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're going to let their kid starve. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk in and look at their kid and go, hey, you brat, or something like that. It's, it's not negative in any way. It's redefining what roles are in the blend to better suit everybody. Yeah, and, and that's what I said to him. Once you read it, you'll understand why. I said, I don't need to keep going over it with you because you've already got a negative like feedback loop in your head of, of how you feel. So if you read it, it might make you feel a bit better, which is what happened. Once he read it, he was like, okay, I can kind of get it now. It's not, you're just going to back off and not ever speak to her again. I said, no, it's not about that. It's about right. making things work for everyone. Right. And if he came to you and said, look, I'm having a bad day. Can you deal with her for an hour or so while I take a break so I don't flip out on her. And I'm sure you would say yes, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get that. You know, mm-hmm. we we do that at work. We have um, sort of, we, we will be on certain duties throughout the day and we just sort of get to a point where we go, I'm going to blow. <laughs> I need to go and have five minutes. And we have to take over from each other. It's natural part of life. 
you do have to swap and take over from each other to have a breather that's fine Mm -hmm. that's okay you know it's just not fair to rely on 100% of each person all of the time right and I look at it like this when you marry somebody you marry that person to where both of you are going to benefit from it one person can't take more than the other or it's not a true partnership and I, I won't always say that David and I are 50 50 we might have days that he's seven we might have days that he's 70 and I'm 30 but it balances out to where I know if I need his help he's there but he also knows that I won't ask for help unless I really need it I'm not going to abuse the fact that he's here to help me yeah, yeah absolutely. well there's, there's a difference between somebody helping and then somebody taking over that responsibility so if you're you know if you're helping take the kid to school or you're helping buy clothes or whatever that's different than having the responsibility of doing it mm-hmm. yeah so you know when when i was sort of doing it when i was uh, getting clothes for her when i was getting shopping for her you know it was more of a it wasn't like oh could you just um possibly get something while you're out you know for for my stepdaughter um could you just grab this or whatever it would be oh you're going shopping on thursday aren't you could you grab this 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 i'd be like whoa wait a minute you're adding like 50 quid to my um my shopping bill here oh mm-hmm. yeah that's fine no no it's no it's not <laughs> it's not fine are you going to give me the 50 pound N- no right so it's not fine <laughs> I don't right. mind grabbing a couple of bills, but yeah, whoa, <laughs> where's this extra money coming from? So yeah, it was it was that sort of thing. I was getting extra clothes all the time, extra food all the time, money all the time was just building up. And I, it was always me that was paying out for it. And it was just expected, not, oh, could you just blah, blah, blah. It was, you, you will go and do so-and-so. Uh, no, no, actually, I, I'm not going to. <laughs> Sorry. If it's expected, it's not appreciated. No. Yeah. So that's why I sort of come to the point and went, mm, no, actually, you can do it. You can find some spare time. You can take her with you whilst you're shopping so she can drive you mad while you go around the shop and you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Spend some time with your kid, man. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Did you call it man shop? Uh, no. He, uh, he doesn't do shopping usually at all. It's a very rare that he goes shopping because... He does like this usual thing where he'll go around and I'll say to him, can you get shopping for the month? And he'll pick up some beers and, and maybe some fruit and then something else random and then go, I've done the shopping. I'm like, no, you, you haven't. That That's not my shopping. <laughs> that's a few things that you've decided that you want. <laughs> that's man shopping. That, some that, fruit and beer. That, that, that's not my shopping. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, that's like bachelor shopping. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 not good at any of these things. Bless his heart, but he is learning. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that you say bless her and bless her heart because <laughs> that is definitely a southern thing in the United States where somebody will say something they'll go bless her heart <laughs> or bless her. Yeah, <laughs> it's either seen one or two ways here, like some. There's a lot of people like myself that sort of, uh, I don't know, my sort of age group would see it as a compliment and they go, oh, bless her, she's all right. Other people would see it as like a sarcastic term. 
so they sort of look at you funny if you say it about them. <laughs> so it can be taken one or two ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, let me ask you this. For step parents that don't have the background that you have with the ODD and the ADD and all of these diagnoses, how what is something that you could tell them that when the stepkid is out of control, um, just say dad's not there, say he's gone to work or even gone to the store doing his man shopping, and um, the kid flips out and starts throwing food or whatever, what is the best way that you would suggest that they deal with these outbursts? Um, I think, to be honest, there's there's two things that I have my go-to um, and that would be time, giving them to time to think about, like, I think you're going to go and sit over there just for five minutes and just think about, not necessarily the behaviour or anything like that, just think about how you're feeling right now. I think the words are very key um, about what you say, rather than you're a naughty girl or you're a naughty boy, blah, blah, blah. More about just think how you're feeling right now and then come back to me in five minutes and talk to me rather than screaming and shouting and wailing at me, which is not helping anybody in this house. Actually talk to me quietly and comfortably after five minutes once you've calmed down. And then the other option would be we have a calming box in our house. It's, it is specifically aimed at people or children with um, difficulties of all types um and you can put anything in the calming box so it could be a little gel timer so that person's got something that they can look at that they can turn upside down and hold while they're sitting in their quiet area and look at that so it could be a five minute timer however long you choose and they can turn it upside down and look at it until it finishes and then they realize that when they get up that time is finished they can come and sit with you and have a a quiet conversation about how they're feeling there's other things in there like they have squidgy toys that they can sit there and feel and sort of get angry with and get irritated with while they're sitting there calming down there's there's lots of different things you can put in there things that they can uh, do puzzles with but it's I think the main thing is no phones no tablets no technology it's about something completely sensory something they can feel, touch, move, uh, manipulate, anything like that, just to have that time away from everything to think, actually. The first one you used, I really like the part that you're telling them to think about how they feel, because yeah. I think that once they can connect the two, they begin to understand that when I start feeling a certain way, I know that if I don't address it then, yeah. then the outcome is going to be um, a bad behavior. And so yeah. they start paying more attention to how they feel and then what the end result of that feeling might be. Because yeah. if you go off. in there full sort of blazing, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, you do need to discipline, you do need to take action. But at the same time, if you're going in there screaming at someone, you're just going to irritate them even more. So while you're irritating the situation even more, that that also aggravates the situation to become even more elevated. So if you're saying to someone, you sit there, you think about how you got upset while you're getting angry with everybody in the room, and we will discuss it, 
and see how we can get away around this situation rather than just getting angry and throwing things and you know getting irritated with everyone because it doesn't resolve anything it doesn't get any better that way we need to get around this Mm -hmm. now the calming box that's an interesting idea is it does it work because they are having to redirect their sensory perceptions with things or or does it work because they start developing mental anchors with these particular products uh, to be honest i think it's more of a distraction technique more than anything else it, it sort of works because their mind is focused on on the things in the box rather than you know like the irritation that's in their mind they're starting to think about what's in the box and directing their behavior at the things that are in the box rather than the things that are irritating them so right just changing their focus yeah definitely so it's a distraction technique really as as long as they're not pulling barbie's head off or something like that (laughs) yeah so it could be anything you know so some it could be yeah like there's little squidgy toys and they usually got like smiley faces on them things like that they're they're Mm -hmm. sort of it could be anything anything whatsoever you can get dinosaurs um teddy bears and they're they're all squidgy and they, some of them, you squidge them and they come out in little bubbles and all sorts. You can get loads of different types of them, especially on eBay and Amazon and things like that these days. Lo- loads yeah, I've of- seen those. Some of them have like nets around them and you squish that's them it. and the little bubbles come out of the net. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And then there's the other type, you know, like the bottles that make noises as you turn them upside down. Yeah. You've seen those? Yeah, those. So they're, they're other types. They're sort of more of a noise type thing that somebody might listen to to distract themselves. Here in the United States, mostly when kids are put into time out, it is you sit there. Mm. There's You don't play with anything, Mm. um, nothing at all. But I can see where having the ability to sit there for five minutes and play with a squishy toy could be more beneficial than the kid just standing there for five minutes because I know when I was put in the corner, that five minutes did nothing but make me get madder and yeah. madder and madder. Yeah. You just and that was just last day. night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get the living daylight out the door or wherever if you put. It's not necessarily beneficial to mum or dad or step parent or whatever because they just literally draw on the wall, do, do whatever they can to wind up the step parent or the dad or whoever more so it's it's not necessarily about giving them a toy it's about having a specific box that is only related to when they've become upset so those things are related to that time and then no they will know that 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 box is given to them when they are in that area so it wouldn't be like the lol house they're going to get to sit and play with when they're in the corner it's not mm-hmm. about that. It's about specific things that are for calm down time. So what happens if they like the toys that are in the box so much that they act out so they can get into the calming box? Uh, I don't think I've ever come across that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and I, I was going to say, too, I think it's very important for the person in charge, whether it's the stepmom or the bio dad, when the child starts acting that way, for us to not react angrily or frustrated, to just calmly say, you know, your behavior's inappropriate. Let's think, um, let's go sit in your little 
corner for five minutes and let you think about things. And here's your calming box to help you calm down. And I know that's easier said than done because, good Lord, have mercy, my youngin can push my buttons like no other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she she manages to push mine nine times out of ten. But I have to just sort of <laughs> in, instantly switch to my, no, nope, comment box. Go and get the comment box. Walk away, walk away, walk away. <laughs> so, so the yeah. comment box is for you in those cases? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Go and get your comment box. <laughs> yeah. but um, Bring it to me. Let me play with it. <laughs> The calming box is there for her all the time. So there are times I have seen her get it out and she'll sit there in the corner on her own where she'll say, I don't want to speak to anyone at the moment. I'm like, okay, fine. That's okay. That's all right. And we won't, we won't say anything to her and she'll grab it and she'll get bits out. And then 10 minutes later, she'll put it back and she'll carry on with whatever she was doing. So she uses it really now as her own benefit, as well as when she's not happy. So it's it's worked in both ways. I'm hmm. thinking everybody needs a calming box. It is. It's, it's called an Xbox. <laughs> My husband launches his controller. <laughs> Your husband what? He launches his controller across the room. It's, it's not a calming box. <laughs> it's funny because I, I will play some video games sometimes. And, and if I've had a bad day at work, I'll come home and I'll say, uh, you know, after dinner now that I look at Lori and I say, okay, I'm going to kill some people. I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> and get on my video game and, and take out my frustrations and then, and then come get back in the, the groove of things. It's worse when we used to be FIFA. That was by far the yeah. worst. <laughs> yeah, FIFA. That's a, a soccer game. Yeah, oh. definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We all need a calming box. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, you know, adults use them too. I've seen people with mental health problems later on in life. They use them, you know, and I think everyone has something that they particularly like, you know, that you tend to carry with you all time, whether it's a bracelet, a necklace, something, everybody has something that they particularly like that they keep on them all time. That is their calming thing, whatever it might be. Some people, it might be their phone that's constantly stuck to their face. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. <laughs> or um, like those those worry stones that have an um, imprint for your thumb that people carry. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I have a set of those. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a set of three. They're, they're like fiddle ones. So they're magnets. There's three of them. They attach and you can move them, rotate them, manipulate them. Yeah. So. Like the fidget spinners. They're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're three stones and they all. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I do want to say I looked up that guy's name, the no arm, no legs, um, chicken foot guy. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is I know if he heard that, he would not be offended at all. He would just <laughs> laugh at that. Um, I still don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Nick is his first name. And his last name is V as in Victor, U as in under, J as in Jack. I as an igloo, C as in Charlie, I as in igloo, C as in Charlie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you, that's the one. You, you destroyed the phonetic alphabet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. David, do you want to do the phonetic alphabet the way that you've learned it? Uh, I will. So it is uh, Victor Uniform Juliet India Charlie India Charlie. Oh, look at that. <laughs> huh. 
<laughs> now, how do you pronounce it there, Sunshine? Uh, I don't know. I would say uh, Vujesic. No, that's not right. I've heard it before. No. See, I, I messed it up. <laughs> Vujicic. That's yeah, close. better. That's I see, look at there. <laughs> Your phonetic alphabet, whatever stuff. Yeah, I'll just spell it <laughs> phonetically. Yeah. Phonetically correct. <laughs> Be like, Nick, can you change your last name? Because nobody can ever remember it. Yeah. Nick Chickenfoot. Na- yeah, Nick Chickenleg <laughs> or Chickenfoot. Yeah. I think it is Chickenfoot is what it actually says. <laughs> I think he does describe it as that. It, yeah. No, it's a chicken drumstick. That's what he calls it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's chicken drumstick. <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you, if you have not listened to this dude, and if you're sitting there whining about your life sucks, you don't like your job, your stepkids are hellions, your husband's a lazy Xbox player, um, just all this stuff, go look, go watch one of these videos on YouTube of Nick, however yep. you pronounce his last name, yep. and laugh at his chicken foot. Yep. His jump, I'm, chicken I'm drumstick. Read his book. He's got an amazing book as well. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that he didn't write the book. <laughs> you never know. You never know. He, can't be, he, he might have read it out and it typed it for him. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's that guy, Stephen Hawking? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. he could have he done it. He could have written it with his mouth. Because, you yeah. know, that, that Johnny lady, she would, she would paint with her mouth, put the paintbrush in her mouth and paint. Yeah. Who's Johnny lady? Johnny Erickson Tata, something like that. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. J O N I. So so what we're saying is, you know, your life is not bad. It may seem like it's bad, but you've got to find the good. And um your sweet stepdaughter, I just hope that the brief amount of times that you have her, that you're able to fulfill that sense of emptiness that is being given to her by her bio mom. Yeah. I mean I hope that through my job and things like that, that I'm able to sort of develop new ways of of getting getting through sort of thing, and without sort of becoming a therapist, basically <laughs> trying mm-hmm. trying not to become a therapist. But yeah, it's, I'm hoping that again with a, a new school, things like that, things will start to improve, things will start to change. But you know, you you can only pray. I hope things will get better. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. And once again, you not showing does not mean you don't care about this child. It means that you are leaving the parenting up to the dad and you are allowing yourself to be a positive role model, a confidant, a support system for her. She knows if she needs you, she can come to you without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, yeah. She knows that, um, like I've said to her before, like, you know, if she's unwell. You know, naturally, I can't even help that side of it. If she's sick, it's me. Like a shot, I'm there. That's just an instinct thing from work, you know. I I am the first person there. Oh, quick, let's get you to the bathroom. Let's do your temperature. Let's take your obs. (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. help it. And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Dad didn't even get a chance there. Well, (laughs) yeah. What happened to ask Dad? Yeah. Whoa, Okay. So that sort of thing is is an instant thing for me. I'll automatically just sort her out, clean her up, and I'll do things 10 times quicker than that because I'm used to doing it at work. Clean people up, sort the hair out, tie it up as quickly as I can, get them clean, shove them in the bath. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, besides the fact that that's kind of your job, it's also because dad's got that 30 second delay and you can't have puke sitting on a kid for that long. That's oh it. Oh, my Lord. I can't, can't be doing with that. No. There's <laughs> <laughs> Chucky on my bed. Get off my bed. Get off my bed. <laughs> yep, definitely. In the bath. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Well, I want to thank you so very much for being a guest on our podcast. We have truly enjoyed it. And I am very thankful that your stepdaughter has you and you have the background you do to where you are going to be able to help her and have a positive impact on her life. Thank you very much. And it's been very enjoyable being part of your podcast today. And I hope that maybe I can be a part of another one in in the future. Of course. Yes. So uh, next time you start getting stressed out, you can listen to this podcast as your calming podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in your calming box. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to make me a calming box this afternoon. Let's go to Hobby Lobby, David. <laughs> oh, Lord. There's nothing calming about shopping with you. <laughs> we'll get some beer and fruit and come back home. <laughs> well, it's everything calming about a gin and tonic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, that is calming. <laughs> <laughs> That's pass out stuff for me. <laughs> well, thank you again. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. I really appreciate our guests for sharing their stories with us. Yeah, because they have to, you know, throw it out there for the world to hear. Mm-hmm. No secrets in the nacho kids. <laughs> Sometimes there are. Right. That's true. You just like hearing her talk. I did. And the fact that she's a mental health nurse is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, it is. And that her significant other comes with learning disability background with adults. And then she has learning disability background with kids. That makes for a good uh, team of people to address those situations. Right. But it's a big difference, as she said. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I did find the calming box that she mentioned um, very interesting. Yeah. I had to look those up. Yeah. I think everybody needs a calming box. See, when I was a kid, I would think that that box would have not been calming. Like I would have opened the box up and started destroying everything. (laughs) No, it's... David, you're... Never mind. But, you know, like the squishy toys, puzzles, just things to direct their attention elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you one. I mean, look at the fidget spinners. Look at you over there playing with the little, what do you call these, wire connector things. Look, you have some too. I know, but I'm just, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we use these to calm us, I guess. No, we use these because if we don't, we'll end up clicking on a pen or doing something else with our hands that ends up making noise. So it keeps our hands busy. <laughs> yes. That's true. Especially you, cause you'll flail over there and you hit the microphone and do all kind of crazy stuff. I flail anyway. With yeah. This. It's like you're doing gymnastics while you're trying to podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can't sit still. I can't help it. You got ants in your pants. I do not have ants in my pants. You know, when we painted the house, um, the rooms inside the house, and I did the roller and you did the trim work because your hand's a lot steadier than mine. Mm-hmm. And you remember every once in a while you'd hear, oops. <laughs> yeah, because you were hitting the ceiling with the roller. I'm so spastic. I can't even roll roll with a painter. See, look, paint with a roller. <laughs> I just, I get, I get too happy and just bam, hit the ceiling. That's because, you know, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, of how you always have to be so fast with everything. You get so... What's the word? Easy with the words. Easy. That's with why the I'm words. trying to think. <laughs> you 
you just have that I gotta have everything done now. I need I need everything now. Yeah. And so you want the paint to be faster. Like <laughs> I want to roll it faster. I want it to dry faster. I want to be done. Well, that's like when the kids when I would want them to do chores. Or if I came in and they hadn't done the dishes or something and I would tell you and you were okay with them waiting four hours. Whereas I'm like, no, I want it done now. Yeah. You're you're the type of person that says Hey, um, can you can you get the trash up? And I like sure. Well, what I didn't know at the time, which I know now, is you were saying, "Can you get the trash now?" Mm-hmm. My response was more like, "Yes, I will get the trash in a bit." Right. <laughs> I don't need you to get it in a bit. In a bit. I need you to get it now, um, promptly. So that's the difference because you would do that to the kids, which would drive me nuts. Be like. I need somebody to wash the dishes. I'm like, okay. Well, I didn't realize you wanted it done right this second. And so I'd go walking in there. Literally like two minutes later, I'd walk in the kitchen. You're doing the dishes. I'm like, I thought you wanted me to get somebody else to do it. I needed it done now. Well, you didn't say now. (laughs) That's what I mean. But say what you mean. All right, fine. I'm starting saying now. Use your words. Now. Everything's now. Use your words. Well, one thing I did enjoy talking about with Rihanna was... um, Nick, and I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm afraid I'm going to butcher it. Um, I just don't know. Vojich? Yeah. The the dude with no arms and no legs? Well, he got a chicken leg. Okay. Chicken foot. Chicken foot. I keep calling it a chicken leg. <laughs> Y'all, if you have not heard of this guy, I'm going to spell his name. It's N-I-C-K. His last name is V-U-J-I-C-I-C. And this guy was born without arms and legs, but he has a chicken foot. (laughs) He calls it that. He calls it his chicken foot. He's a motivational speaker. Check him out. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you talk about putting things into perspective. I think it's always helpful to look around and understand that no matter how bad things are for you, there are other people that are in much worse situations. And they are happier. Oftentimes they are, but it's because of how they are able to view themselves and uh, and just deal with stuff. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we forget to be thankful. Mm-hmm. We really should every day wake up and be thankful that we can see, that we can hear, that we can walk, and we can talk. I mean, it is sometimes funny yet sad when you hear people complain about the first world problems that they have. For example... When you're watching something on Netflix and it freezes. Yeah, that, that's probably a good one. How many times have you seen people flailing <laughs> because the video they're trying to watch paused? Yeah. You know, going nuts over it. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. Um, first of all, you have internet access. You have, you know, $500 cell phone or a computer. I mean, you can list all these things out and you're like, there's people in places that don't have any of that. And they would love to have access to the internet and be able to learn uh, the way we're able to, I mean, just, you can go on and on and on, but yet somebody's flailing around, flailing around on the floor because a video stopped because they can't now binge watch something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we have tons of first world problems and it's, and when you step back and look at it that way, you start realizing that a lot of what we complain about is ridiculous. Well, or even, I I look at it like, remember the September 11th? Mm -hmm. The person that 
their shoes had rubbed a blister on their foot mm-hmm. and they stopped to get a Band-Aid. They were probably not happy that their shoes were rubbing a blister on their foot and they had to stop and get a Band-Aid, but it saved their life. Yeah. Or the person, same thing, September 11th, they were getting ready to walk out the door and their kid wanted them to help them tie their shoe. Mm-hmm. And it just delayed them enough to where they weren't there um, when the tragedy happened. Yeah, you never know. You never know. So if you're sitting in traffic and you're mad because you're going to be late getting home or you're going to be late getting to work, think about the person that's sitting in the wreck a mile up from you that is causing you to sit in traffic. Not only that, but how many times have, well, at least it's happened to me, I think it's happened to you too, but you see an accident or hear about an accident and you're like, um, you know, if I'd have been on time, I, that's exactly where I would have been about that time. So that probably would have been me. Yeah. I mean, it. I've seen it. It's happened to me several times. I don't know if I've ever shared this story on a podcast, but I was coming back home one day. Um, it was before you and I were married. I was still living with my parents. And I don't even remember where I was coming from. But there was a road that I could have went straight. Picture this as like a triangle, like a right triangle. Okay. I can go straight and turn right and end up on this road, or I can turn right and end up at this stoplight that intersects with this road. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a truck behind me, and I mean, in front of me, and I kind of was aggravated because that truck was slow. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to shoot down this road on the right and get ahead of him, you know, if he did come the same way, if he took a ride at the light. I get to the light, and there's this old woman, and she's taking up both lanes. I don't know if she's going straight, if she's turning right or what. I was getting aggravated. I just wanted her to go do something. Well, the light was red, so of course she just sat there, and I couldn't go. And about that time, wreck, right in front of me. Five cars. Guess what? One of them was that truck, and one of them was the car behind that truck. Hmm. So. So it would have been you for sure. Yes, more than likely. So slow down, people. Yep. And I'm preaching to myself at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, you need to slow down. No, I've gotten a lot better since I learned a nacho. Yep. Since I taught you how to nacho. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so just try to change your perspective on things and realize, um, step out of the box for a moment, I guess would be a way to put it, and just take a deep breath and realize that things could be worse and be thankful. Yep. After all, yesterday was Thanksgiving, <laughs> and today is Black Friday. Yep. And today, you have a deal. Yes, you have a deal. Tell us about that deal, Lori. You can join the Nacho Kids Academy for 50% off the first month. And how do we go to the Academy page? Go to www.nachokidsacademy.com, click join, and through the checkout process, enter code B as in boy, F as in Frank, 2019 to receive your 50% off the first month. (laughs) But wait, there's more. (laughs) <laughs> it lasts until Cyber Monday. Woo! That's funny. You said B is in boy and F is in Frank instead of B is in black and F is in Friday. <laughs> okay. B is in black. F is in Friday. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> All right. That's it, folks. Head on over there. Now, if you're driving, pull over on the side of the road. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait. That's right. We only have a limited number to hand out. That's not true. i'm just waiting on just people's like huh all right so that's our show for today folks make sure that you enjoy your black friday weekend and cyber monday because nobody's gonna get any work done cyber monday anyway 
But, and if uh, you think blended life is stressful, go to Walmart on Black Friday when they're selling TVs for half price. Yep. And maybe next week we'll talk about uh, purchasing Christmas stuff. So Yes, we do need to talk about that as far as like step parents buying for step kids and yeah. the stress around Christmas. We're not going to get into all of it now because whew, it's yeah. a lot. We'll talk about how we did it, which I think was really good. Of course. <laughs> all right. So we'll see you next week. Same nacho time, same nacho channel. Go eat a turkey sandwich. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.